Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. It's time for Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Now here's your host, Colter Nuanez. How long does it take the sports guys to get untangled? I don't know. It sounds like a sickening Disney movie or something like that. Welcome to Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana joining me like he does each and every Wednesday. It's going to be a really fun show. we got a lot to catch up on. It's amazing how much can happen in the world of sports when the world of sports is actually churning along like it has been the last uh, couple weeks, maybe a couple months. And it's amazing how much can happen between times that we see each other. So that's one of my favorite parts about doing this show is a lot of times Sean and I just get to rehash some of the stuff that I've already talked about on here, but give you kind of a new perspective because it's all pretty pertinent. So we will get to a variety of different things. We're going to continue with our uh, coverage and follow-up coverage of state championships from around the high school ranks over the weekend. I got top performers for you from around all of the state track meets. So we'll get to all of that here right off the top. It's also a Wednesday, so that means it's a Wing It Wednesday. About 45 minutes. I have some trivia questions for Sean. And maybe we'll let you call in and and help him out. But either way, we have a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for you. 
one lucky listener. So keep this phone number in mind, 888-1029. That's 888-1029. We're also going to talk all things NBA playoffs. Dame Dollar, the best thing going out of the Big Sky Conference and one of the best things going in the NBA. Damian Lillard was out of his mind last night. But the game is probably not going to be remembered like it should because it was in a playoff loss. So we'll get to that and give you a full rundown of what's going on across the board in the NBA playoffs. Hour number two, really excited about this. Craig Mettler is going to swing by. Missoula Sentinel head track and field coach, the Spartans. They swept the Class AA state titles for the team titles. First time since 2016, one high school has swept the boys' and girls' championships. So there's a lot going on at the AA level. A couple different storylines. One, the ascending dynasty that is Missoula Sentinel track and field. That's the second straight title for the Spartan boys and the third title in four years for the Spartan girls. And this has simultaneously uh, gone hand-in-hand with the severe decline at Bozeman High School. Bozeman was almost always the dominant uh, track and field high school, particularly in the distance events. And uh, you have to think that maybe the the addition of Belgrade to the AA ranks as well as the uh, the founding of Gallatin High School has had an effect. So we'll get into all that as well. And then we're also going to talk a little, bit, a little bit about Naomi Osaka as well as press conferences because this is something that Justin Angle and I talked about yesterday on the business angle. But I want to get Sean's perspective because he does a lot of interviews, about as many interviews as anybody in this great state. And uh, we both have sort of our own formula and our own style for interviews, but we also do get stuck in press conferences a lot too. And it's our only access so what are the press conferences all about? How effective or ineffective is that when it comes to covering sports? And more importantly, does does Naomi Osaka have a case? Does she have the right? Of course she has the right. But what, what does it mean that she doesn't want to do press conferences and that she's withdrawing from events? Because I do think that there's validity to both of it. I mean, if you think that it's afflicting you from a mental illness perspective, I'm not going to argue that. Nobody can argue that. But on the other hand... Sports are about the fans and the people and the fun. So if you don't have anybody pay attention to the sport, then who cares what if, if you're playing in front of anybody? So we'll get into all that a little bit later. But, but Rain Man, you're looking all sun-kissed. It's because you've been on the golf course. Tell us about the weekend because you were over at the Coraline Resort, right? Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty awesome celebrating the my 10-year anniversary. That is wild that you've been married for 10 years because you are not an old guy. 32. <laughs> That's wild. Um, so you guys just did it right after college, yeah? Yep. The, the week after. Well, right after. Graduated. So you guys the, the just partied for weekend. two weeks. Yep. 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 Great, great. So, yeah, we went over to Coeur d'Alene. Uh, I'd never... I've always driven past it. I've never actually like spent the, like time there. So that was the first time we stayed at the resort, played golf, did zip lining, did the whole shebang. Um, the course was awesome. And also like, you know, it helps when you play well when you're playing a new course. Certainly. You know, like sometimes like, I, there's been nice courses that I played and I played bad and you're like, you know, the course was fine. Like, cause you're just like, you know, mad that oh, you were sure. playing well. Oh, for sure. For um, sure. But it was cool because, like, my wife doesn't – she's, like, just starting to get into play because, mm-hmm, like, we mm-hmm. want to have something to do together. Um, so that was, like, the first time she's actually, like, played a full how'd you, 18. How did pick it up? She just, she, I mean, she's athletic. So she's she, a good she did athlete, pretty good. Right, like, yeah. she drove a green on a par four. Nice. You know, from, the, from the red tees. So nice. – um, and then she, you know, skipped, you know, a few shots here and there, things like that. But, yeah, no, it was it was awesome. Looking forward to it's so funny. I, my whole life, I've always wanted to golf there, and now I'm golfing there back to back weekends. Two weekends in a row, we're heading there. By the way, if you want to listen to the show live, you can go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. You can stream the show there via the Listen Live tab. Just click on it there, you'll find the stream. 
You want to get a hold of us or shoot us a text, 888-1029. That's 406-888-1029. That's a new phone number. You're going to want to remember that for a variety of reasons, particularly because of the Coeur d'Alene Golf Course. So Sean went there for his own pleasure and uh, to celebrate the anniversary with his wife. We are doing our annual stay and play here at ESPN Radio this weekend, and I'm treating Sean and Kyle Sample and uh, our good buddy Ben Wyman, who's the, the news anchor at ABC Fox, to a couple rounds of golf over there. And so we'll stay over there uh, for the weekend as well. So I'm very much looking forward to that. But this involves you guys, too, because we have a stay and play for one lucky listener out there as well. We already have some submissions, but we need you to keep them pouring in. All you have to do, and that's why I'm telling you all the ways to listen to the show, you just got to give us evidence of you listening to Nuanez Now, whether that's a photograph of your radio dial in your car or whether that is... Um, a screenshot of you on the live stream or, you know, you send us the fact that you're on the podcast, whatever, listening live, listening on the podcast, listening on the YouTube channel, watching on TV. All you got to do is give us a picture or some sort of screenshot or some sort of evidence that you are listening to Nuanas now. Or you can even text us like, oh, Coulter just said this or give us feedback. We just need evidence. You're listening to the show right now, 888-1029, and that will get you entered into our stay and play giveaway. We're going to be giving this thing away uh, probably early on the week of Father's Day so you can make all your plans. I think that we'll probably uh, give it away, uh, I'd, I'd probably say Friday the 11th, so next Friday, so that you can have a full weekend. For everybody out there, if you forgot, Father's Day is Sunday the 20th, June 20th. So remember all your dads out there. But uh, And you don't necessarily have to use this on your dad if you want to go with your wife or your kid or whatever, but it is part of our Father's Day stay and play giveaway that, that we do each and every year. And uh, we're happy to be partnered with the Coeur d'Alene Resort again. I've played there several times as a part of this promotion, but what were your impressions of the course? I mean, it's a, it's a sweet course, right? Yeah, and, and obviously, with it being kind of like a resort course, they want mm-hmm. people to have a good time. So it's not like very difficult. It's not excruciatingly hard. No, no it's just no, very it, well managed. And it's pretty, and yeah, it's, it's unique. Like, on the opening nine, there's like, you know, three par threes. In a row. Right away that yeah. are all pretty close to each other, and they're all like, well, if we play. We were playing from the whites. We also pl- we got paired up with a, a twosome, and they were like okay. Um, so we all just played from the whites, and so it was like the, the first part three is like a hundred yards. The next one was like one ten. The other was like one twenty. But like there are you know one of them was like you know, completely surrounded by bunkers, and there's like a, you know there's the one with the big bush in the front. Yeah, there's like a, there's a lot to it and things like that. There's also I don't know when you played did, did uh, your caddy tell you about the the junipers. Uh, well, so here's the other thing is we were fortunate enough to play last year, but there was no caddies because of the COVID. Uh, so Ryan Tutel and I, we got to go. Well, by, you played before, though. I, we had played before. Did they tell you about the junipers? Uh, uh, I, the, I, I guess I don't remember the, the details of the junipers. Okay, so a lot of the holes are lined with junipers, sure. right? Yep. And so if you shank one, it goes into the, the junipers. Well, yep. they call them junipars because ah. you get a free drop if it goes into the if junipers. You find it. No, they're just like, if it goes in there, oh, you get a drop. You don't even have to find your ball. Well, I think it's, you know, like, a, you know, if it's decently close to the juniper. Sure, because I have know. on, I think, I believe it's hole three. I have put it over the green. It's a par three. I put it over the yeah. green of the juniper, and it was so deep in there, I couldn't even get it. Yeah, no, I think if it's just in the general direction of them, you're like, oh, yeah, free drop, junipar. Wow. So, you know. Wow. It, that's, a, that's a thing, I guess. Well. And also, will- like, if you hit it in the, in the, uh. Underneath the trees, you know, and all the and all the stuff, you get free drops out of that because they don't want you to mess it up. So you get a lot of free drops. It helps. Okay. I actually I only utilize it once, but well, I cannot wait to play again, and I cannot wait to keep sharing our experiences both this week leading up to our trip to Coeur d'Alene Resort, as well as 
when we return, but keep those entries coming in. 888-1029. Just evidence of any sort of you listening to Montana's favorite sports talk radio show. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana Television is joining me, Coulter Nuanas, in studio. We do this each and every Wednesday together. I do this each and every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. right here on ESPN Missoula as well as SWX Montana Television. Before we get into our Garden City Spotlight, highlighting some of the best track and field performances from local athletes from around the state, uh, I did a good bit on this yesterday, and um, I know it's still a fresh wound, and I always have a, a really hard time really emphasizing or, or doing much about people that die, especially people that die too young, because I just I never want to feel exploitative about their death. I don't want to be using somebody's tragedy for my content, but I do think it's important to once again acknowledge that Jesse Sims passed away over the weekend, and it was a shocking thing because uh, anybody that was around him just knows, I mean, he was larger than life, man. He was he was as big of a stud athlete when he was a young kid as any kid I've ever seen. I mean, you would have thought this guy was 30 years old from the time he was 15 years old. and he was, But he was also such a gentle giant, a soft-spoken guy, but he was nothing but kind to me in the, in the dozens of times I've interviewed him. And I know you, Sean, I covered him quite a bit as well. And so we don't necessarily need to get into the, the actual, uh, any of his death, because that in itself is just a heartbreaker. But we chose to remember him and, and for all of his great accomplishments, because that's the only way I knew him was just as an athlete, but um, he was always very good to me, and I know he was uh, one of the best that this neck of the woods has produced uh, over the last 10 years, to be sure. So I know you had a lot of chances to, to watch him, both at Stevensville High School, Corvallis High School, and and with the Grizz. So, I mean, just tell us a good Jesse Sims story. Yeah, man. You were, you were there when he it, broke out as a yeah. sophomore, right, when he was the state tournament MVP, when he kind of landed on everybody's radar? Yeah, um, and this was certainly tough to hear over the weekend, and it's been kind of on my mind since... Um, not, I didn't know Jesse particularly well besides covering him sure. for the last, I mean, almost a decade. From <laughs> for sure. The time he was, you know, freshman yeah. to yeah. a senior in college. I know. I was thinking but, about that. I was thinking about that. We probably saw him for the first time when he was yeah. 15 and he, and he passed away um, when he was 24. So pretty much a decade. But, you know, I know his fiance, Jace, better. And I know a lot of the people that know him well, sure. better than necessarily him. And so it's just, you think about all those people as well. And it's been hard to, yeah. Uh, just shake from your mind and, and just shake about like just think about you know what they're feeling right now uh just really feel for them uh it's such a tough situation um but yeah i mean like you mentioned um and i do want to talk about something after i, I share the story sure. ab- about this but yeah i mean you go out there and it was just the case of uh i don't think i've ever felt except for maybe the 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 tight end from Butte, Olsen, the, the kid that's going to the Grizz this J- year. Jake Olsen, yeah. sure, yeah. So I went to a track meet this year, and I saw him, and he, I walked by him, and he's like, I mean, he's like, what, 6'6", six, 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 270? Six, like, yeah, he's huge. Yeah, and I was just like, I never felt like a, as much of a child next to like a high school kid. And then going back to like Jesse Sims, and that was like, I remember interviewing him when he was a, like a sophomore. And his voice was deeper than mine. His hands are he was just, bigger than yeah. yeah. When he shook his hand, it, like you know, I was like, "This kid is way stronger than me." <laughs> like just oh, by, yeah. by shaking his hand, you know. And uh, but he was always uh, he was very quiet. You know, didn't like doing interviews. Didn't necessarily didn't, nope. like. We always obviously got along and we respected each other. But he didn't really like doing the media or the whole media mm-hmm. thing. Um, I used to always tell him he was a print journalist dream, though. Yeah. Because just quick. You guys need like, you guys need your sound bites and need to talk for a little while, whatever. Yeah. And we and radio, radio we need a conversation. But Jesse would always give you the yeah concise one, one sentence. That's right. Um, but 
which is, you know, really cool how he ended up, you know, getting the number 37 because it was truly like a, you know, your your work ethic, your actions speak louder than your words. Like, and for him no to, to be honored with that without having to be like a hoorah-rah guy getting everybody going with his words, I think spoke a lot to how he was, uh, you know, as a person and his work ethic and things like that. But the one thing, though, that I, I wanted to, to mention because, you know, and I've talked to some family and stuff about this is like, obviously a lot of people know him because he was number 37, played for the Grizz right. and things like that. But he was obviously, you know, much more than just a football player. And, no and him in particular, because this is, and this is like the interesting dichotomy when it comes to, especially college athletes, is, you know, some of them, their identity is kind of wrapped up in who they are as an athlete, sure. you know? And a lot of them will go on to live their lives and their Facebook or Twitter profile picture will be them in the Grizz uniform for, you know, 10, 20 years after. Sure. You right. can tell that they're just like still living that life and like their identity is sure. kind of tied into them as that, as an athlete. And I don't, that really wasn't kind of Jesse's case, you know, like he, no um, and, and that's kind of been a little, I know it's kind of been somewhat difficult a little bit for those close because like, Everyone's just talking about him as like the football player, but right. it was like so much more than that. And football, like he was just a guy who happened to be like really good at football, no you know, but he had so many other interests and things like that, that it wasn't like, oh yeah, Jesse Sims, the football player passed away. It was like, no, Jesse Sims the who man. happened to play football, no question. but obviously, you know, Grizz nation knows him as that. So sure, sure. it's just like an interesting, you know, dichotomy. It is. It, um, is. it is. I mean, yeah, it's, it's totally worth remembering him as, uh, an outdoorsman and a Montanan, and uh, by all accounts, a wonderful friend and um, somebody that wanted to give back. Because I mean, this guy started working out at Failure Sports Pacific with Stephen Failure when he was in college. He wanted mm-hmm. to train high school kids to help them get to the point where they could move on to the next level. And that's who I feel. I mean, I, I feel for everybody involved. But some of those young kids that he was training too. I mean, that's got to be so hard to swallow when your coach dies tragic. I mean, it's, it's tough for everybody, but it's a good yeah. point. It's a good point that you make. You know, these it, it, you are more than just what your sports identity is. I mean, we go through that a lot too, right? The, the fact that we're, our, our careers are so enraptured and I mean, we're the sports guys. Everybody knows us are the sports guys. And, you know, it's awesome. It's so, it's one of the best things ever to be a part of. But, I mean, you know how it goes. Like, you run into people anywhere and everywhere, and they, they want to talk about sports all the time. And sometimes you might be with your kids, or you might be with your wife, and you don't want to do it, or you're just not in the mood or whatever, and, and they, they define you by that. But that's just human nature. But uh, Jesse Sims, definitely gone far too young and uh, a tragedy that will definitely resonate around uh, the state of Montana for quite some time. You listen to Nuanez now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula as well as uh, statewide on SWX Montana Television. Let's have some fun. Let's, uh, let's talk about happy stuff. It's our Garden City Spotlight, highlighting some of the best athletes from in and around the city of Missoula. It's presented by Dr. Gene Morris of Oral Surgical Associates. Are you looking for an oral surgeon in Missoula who offers compassionate care, advanced technology, and comprehensive treatment? Well, Dr. Gene Morris at Oral Surgical Associates is the doctor for you. At Oral Surgical Associates, Dr. Morris provides a full range of care, including implants, emergency surgeries, and wisdom teeth removal. Dr. Morris and his staff use advanced imaging technology for more accurate diagnosis, as well as effective treatments, while also using innovative techniques to treat a wide range of problems. The benefit from this, to benefit from this outstanding level of care, schedule an appointment with Dr. Gene Morris at Oral Surgical Associates today. For more information, oralsurgicalassociates.com. Missoula Sentinels swept the 
Class AA State Track and Field Championships. Craig Mettler from the Missoula Sentinel Track Team, the head coach of the Missoula Sentinel Track Team, will join us here in studio in about 45 minutes as part of our ESPN Roundtable. Well, here's a quick rundown of the individual state champions. We had a couple of these young people on the show yesterday. Brooks Stainer, a junior from Missoula Sentinel, as well as Zach Cruz, a junior from Sentinel. We're each on Nuanas now. If you missed those, you can check it out on the podcast. Both really impressive young people. I thought that they did, they did great in their interviews. It was it was very uh, cool to to talk with them. You know, Brooke was telling me that she was kind of nervous before we went on, and I, I said, "You're going to do fine." And then she actually she just knocked it out of the park. It was it was a phenomenal interview. I was very proud of her, and it was great having both those kids uh, in studio yesterday. And Zach Cruz, he's just so funny. He's just such a such an outside-the-box kid, and I loved loved talking with him. But uh, Brooke Stainer was the dominant athlete for the Sentinel girls. She won state titles in the 100-meter hurdles, the 300-meter hurdles, the long jump, and she also then uh, ran a leg on the fourth, uh, the second-place excuse me, sprint relay team and then also was fourth in the 200 as well. So she scored uh, 50-something-plus points uh, to help the, the girls uh, Sentinel girls to the, the their third state championship in uh, four years. Audrey McElmurray, who uh, is headed to Sacramento State, she won the triple jump, and she placed second in the long jump, and she was also on that second-place sprint relay team. Audrey will join us here tomorrow at 5 o'clock for our uh, latest edition of our Senior Spotlight, highlighting some of the best seniors from around the state of Montana. Anya Jackson was the state champion for the Spartans in the girls' javelin. And Alexis Knight was also a key contributor. She was third in the 100 meters. She ran a a leg on the sprint relay team as well. And uh, she scored double-digit points to help put the Spartans over the top. On the boys' side, Jace Kluswich was a state champion in the long jump. He also was second in the 100 meters. And he ran a leg on the third-place sprint relay team. He also did it with a uh, a giant scar on his forehead. So have you heard this story? Yeah. Are we allowed to tell a story on the radio? I think so. I think so, too. I'm going to add Jason's ball. Also going to be part of our senior spot. If it's yeah. Sentinel heavy, don't get all perturbed. We're not playing favorites to Sentinel. They just won every freaking state championship that there was this year. Yeah. So we're highlighting all the best kids from around the state of Montana. But it just happens to be that a lot of them are going to go to Sentinel. So we've already had Dylan Rollins on. Audrey McElmurray is coming on tomorrow. And I hope uh, Jason Kluswitz will come by uh, sometime this summer, too, before he gets all hooked up with the Grizz. But uh, basically, the long and the short of it is these guys are kind of just trying to chill before the meet, right? And they were playing a little putt-putt golf and then... Yeah, just messing around and a teammate like swung a club and it clocked him right in the forehead the day before <laughs> the state meet. So he had to go to the hospital and get a bunch of stitches in his forehead. Mom mom was not happy. Lauren, his mom was not not too thrilled. Not too thrilled. Yeah. I, his, his head coach was not too thrilled yeah. either. <laughs> I tell you that because I talked to Craig Mettler over the weekend just calling him to wish him congratulations and invite him on the show and he's like, I told those guys, 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 this is the last track meet of your high school career. Yeah, just just sit on the bed. Just sit there. Just sit there. Don't do anything. We need you no, to just get through kids. Yep. It's high school kids. But who switched? Congratulations to him on the individual and uh, team state championship. The Probably the thing that put Sentinel over the top, the distance crew. They were awesome um, from start to finish. Will Mortensen got first in the 3,200 meters and fourth uh, in the 1600 meters, so he scored a good amount of points um, for the Spartans. Drew Klumpf was also a big contributor. His 300 meter hurdle title was the thing that basically put it over the top for the Spartans late on Saturday. Uh, so that was a, a thriller to watch, to be sure. And he also was second in the 100 meter hurdles. Zach Cruz, who I mentioned, he was the state champion in the 110 hurdles as well as um, 
the state champion in the javelin. He also got second in the high jump, and he was also uh, he also ran on the sprint relay team. The Clump twins, uh, that's Drew and, Tan- and uh, Tanner Clump, they combined for 34 points. So that was big for Sentinel as well. So uh, a variety of, of different great performances by both sides of the Spartans, and we'll get to more of those when Craig Mettler swings by. It's the Garden City Spotlight highlighting some of the best athletes from around western Montana, particularly in the city of Missoula. Here on Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN, Missoula. Other standouts from the Missoula school, specifically at the Class AA meet. Sage Brooks, who is Syracuse bound for Missoula Hellgate. She took home a state title in the 1600 meters and was also second in the 800 meters. Kenzie May was second in the 1600 meters and she took home the title in the 3200 meters. Abby Kendrick from Hellgate was third in the 1600 meters and fourth in the 3200 meters. So if you're counting, those three young ladies went one, two, three in the 1600 meters. And then Sage Brooks also pulled out a second place in the 800. And Kenzie May wins the 3200 while Abby Kendrick takes fourth. So an outstanding, outstanding performance by the Hellgate Distance Corps. And uh, the other state championship, uh, excuse me, state champion, individual state champion for the Hellgate girls was Mara Parks. She won the shot put. So Hellgate girls, they take fourth. The Hellgate boys, they took third as a team. Iggy Fitzgerald, he got one of the the toughest sweeps you can get in track and field. He won the 800 meters and the 1600 meters. So that was huge for Hellgate, those 20 points. Josh Wade took home the state title in the high jump. And Lane Cooney won the state title in the discus. And then from Big Sky, Kate Olson was first in the 400 meters, and Josh Smiley, Smalley, excuse me, was second in the pole vault to highlight Big Sky taking fourth place. So Missoula on the boys' side went uh First with Sentinel, third with Helge, and fourth with Big Sky. So that's one of the better boys track and field state performances from the Garden City uh, in quite some time. And then, the, of course, the Sentinel girls winning it and the Helge girls taking fourth. Not very many points for the Big Sky girls, although they did have uh, one state champion as well. You were out there for just the first day of the meet, right? Any yep. cool, any cool highlights, or uh, you got to see Jace Kluswich win the the long jump, the long right? jump. Yeah, it's um, gosh. Okay, so I love state track; it's great. But when you're there by yourself. It's a whirlwind because you're, oh, yeah. you're trying to get the running events, you're trying to get the field events. It's all especially going on. Especially when at you same need, time. especially you need the camera. Oh, yeah, so too. I need. Yeah, so if I I go over there and I miss it, like I did a few events, uh, you're oh man, and you never know what the field events like. You'll be like, oh yeah, I'm getting the finals of of you know classy boys jab. Like I was there, I was set, ready to roll. And then it was down to like two guys, and then the one finalist had to go leave to go you know Runs run in the relays, right. and then I was like. Damn it. So then, like, I go over and start getting other stuff, and then he, and then I tell them, the couple of the guys that were there, I was like, hey, please text me when he comes back so I get these finals. Well, they forget, and then he gets back there, and I, and I miss it, you know? So, like, you're just running around. It was cool. Uh, the Fort Benton Longhorns, the girls, yes. and the long jump, it was kind of cool because they were coming in at, at I think it was um, number one in the state, number four in the state. Mm-hmm. And I, the names are blanking on me right now because there were so many names, but uh, the girl who was ranked number one, there's like two jumps left and she jumps and, you know, sets the, the bar and, and she's leading the whole thing and everyone's like, woohoo. And then the, the next Fort Benton girl jumps is the last jump and, you know, they're hugging and, and then they announce the score and, and she jumped, you know, like three inches farther. And then, you know, she ended up winning it and it was just kind of like a, a cool little moment there. But, um, Fort, Fort Benton had an outstanding year in, um, in all girls sports. They won their first ever state C basketball championship. And uh, then they win their first 
State C Boys Track and Field Championship as well. And the girls were right in the mix, too. I believe the athletes that you're referring to from the uh, long jump were Abby Clark and Aspen Geis. So, yep. uh, Aspen Geis. I think it is geese. I think geese, it's, maybe. I think it's geesey. Geesey. Okay. Like that, yeah. I, I, I should get her name correctly. I Apologies to Aspen yeah. if, in fact, we are pronouncing it incorrectly because she was definitely the star of that basketball team as well and had an outstanding um, state C meet. Quickly, we'll rub, rip through some of the other best performances from across state track and field and give you the overall champions. In Laurel, the Class A and B meets the Class A state boys champion, Hamilton. Coulter Kirkland was awesome. He was first in the 800, first in the 1600, and third in the pole vault. Lane Cole also scored a ton of points, a state championship in the 3200, as well as a fourth-place finish in the 1600 and a second-place finish in the 800. And then Coulter Purcell was second in the 1600 and third in the 3200. So that's 63 of Hamilton's 87 points right there. Plus, those guys also ran on the long relay team. So uh, that was what spurred on the Hamilton boys to the Class A state championship the Hamilton girl, or excuse me, the Laurel girls, they continued their domination of Class A this year in pretty much all the girls' sports. They won in soccer, they won in basketball, and now they won in track and field. And uh, they did it on their home track as well. And an impressive performance to get a state championship because they did it fully with depth. Only one state individual champion for the Laurel girls' track team, Carly Cook in the 800. The rest of it was just them getting on the podium and scoring points. So a good effort uh, by the Laurel girls. The Class B girls' state championship team title went to Big Timber. Alyssa Boschart scored a bunch of points. She uh, won the 100 meters, was second in the 200, third in the 400, and fifth in the 100-meter hurdles. And then Emily Cooley won the high jump and was third in the long jump for the uh, Big Timber girls track team. Class B boys went to Boulder. The news of the meet was probably Noah Borchard. He came in as one of, if not the best track athletes in the state all class. He dominated the top 10 meet, uh, the Midland Roundtable top 10 meet, In Billings earlier this year, he came in with top qualifying times in a handful of events. But uh, he went out and won the high jump and the javelin, but then he had to get scratched from the rest of it because he pulled his hamstring in the prelims. Uh, He's from Huntley Project, by the way. So that definitely affected the team race, and it was a bummer because he's definitely... One of Montana's best, but uh, he's his times are absolutely Division One caliber, so this was not the last meet of his career. So we'll keep you up to date on what Noah Borchard's um, future might hold. But the Boulder boys, they got some good performances, including Joey Visser winning the 300-meter hurdles. Braden Morris was all over the place. He won the 110 hurdles. He got second in the 300 hurdles, second in the triple jump, and fourth in the javelin. And then finally... We mentioned Fort Benton's boys. William Utlery won the 100 meters and the 200 and then was also on a second-place sprint relay team for the Fort Benton boys. And Jace Thompson won the pole vault. Hayden Deakins won the triple jump and was third in the long jump. So congratulations to the Fort Benton boys. And this was sort of a coronation. It was expected because they have so many phenomenal athletes. But the Sealy Swan girls, the Class C state champions, Soraya Mahan, she won the 400 and the 800 and was also fourth in the 1600, and she ran a leg on both the uh, winning relay teams, both the sprint relay and the mile relay. And then Claire Kovach, one of the great athletes in the state of Montana over the last couple years, she won the discus and placed second in the shot put and second in the javelin. So Claire Kovach, she's on her way to Colorado State, definitely one of the best in the entire state of Montana, but the Sealy Swan girls take home the Class C state title. So... That's it for track, except for we will feature Audrey McElberry tomorrow uh, here on the Senior Spotlight here on Nuanas Now. But other than that, that is uh, putting a, a wrap on track and field at the prep ranks here in the state of Montana. And we'll get you 
all apprised of the results of state softball and the other state championships that went over uh, went on over the weekend throughout this show and uh, maybe throughout the rest of the week as well. But right now, was Damian Lillard's 55-point effort last night overshadowed? Will people remember it because it came in a double overtime loss? Is it time for the Lakers to panic? And what is Giannis got for the New York Nets? All that and more right here on Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Keep it right here. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home is now on ESPN Radio with special guest Sean Rainey. Happy Wednesday. Hope you're having an outstanding day. Hope you're not melting. <laughs> I, was, I was just melting. I am such a baby when it comes to the heat. It's unbelievable. <laughs> That's why I know that I'm going to be in and around this part of the world for the foreseeable future. Not because just of you great people and the wonderful sports that we get to cover in the great state of Montana here on Nuanas now, as well as at Skyline Sports, as well as at SWX. But also because I just can't handle anywhere that could ever possibly be more than 90 degrees for uh, any more than just a, a small moment in time. You are listening to Nuanas now. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana Television is in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. About 25 minutes, Craig Mettler, head track and field coach from Missoula Sentinel, will swing by the studio and join us to recap his team's sweep of the Class AA state titles over the weekend. So we look forward to having Craig Mettler in for our ESPN roundtable. Well, right now... Got to talk a little NBA. What's up, Ray? Well, man? first, I was going to say, I, I don't know if it's a, a culture thing. I think it's just a, you know, Tommy and I, we all belong in this group. I think it's a, you know, a heftier dudes club. You know, what are you like, saying, we, Sean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, Tommy, do you do you like the, the, the hot weather for extended periods of time? Uh, I actually do enjoy the heat. You don't mind it? Okay. I don't mind it because it's just so damn cold here for nine months out of the year. See, I would agree, too. But the like, problem is, much like Lizzo, I've been working on my thickness for the last year now. <laughs> so it's worse than ever. And by the way, you guys want to talk about heat? You were not here when the pallet, when the when the semi-truck delivered a pallet of barbecues to this radio station today. Mm. I don't want to give anything away, but this guy shows up with 16 barbecues on a pallet, and I say, great, roll him up to the front door. And he goes, I don't have a rolling cart. We've got to just walk these up. Yeah, here I am wearing jeans, cotton t-shirt. And see, now, but now, and now you're all kind of hot and sweating gross all day. I am just... Yeah. Just dripping, gross. See, which Sweat is not enjoyable. I, but at the same time, you are like you, you don't want to complain because you were complaining when it was cold. That's exactly but, right. This but cur- it's still uncomfortable. Though. This current heat snap is yeah. different too, though, because it's it's so abrupt. Yeah, we didn't get the acclimation of. We hardly had any days even in the seventies. Now it's ninety. I don't See, know how to do it. I I just attest that like I love it when it's hot, except for like when I'm working. Sure. And a lot of times, like in work clothes for right. me, like if I have to go out and shoot like a baseball game. And I'm all sweaty, and then I go, go back to the station. 
and you have to get go under lights and stuff, and it's hot. Like I just then you're kind of uncomfortable, you know. Well, for sure. And I run around town a lot during the day, and and I'm getting in and out of my car, and then all of a sudden I'm sweating, and my clients are like, "Why are you sweating?" But other <laughs> than if I wasn't working though, and just out sure, and about, right. give it, oh, love it. Well, it's way easier to mitigate the yeah. stress, the sweat, when you're just out and about. Yeah, we're both trying to be on the unhefty crowd right now anyways you've inspired me you've dropped some lbs and I'm, I'm on the train now and i figured i'd just you know call you out and then that'll just keep you going well you <laughs> said you were giving me your workouts and yeah, giving me your stuff and it. all of a sudden here, I'm, I'm going too i'm behind you a little bit I, yeah. I got i got 19 down what are you down you're down like 25 right well i uh i put on like like seven or eight over the weekend <laughs> that's your anniversary for my anniversary yeah. Yeah, yeah um but you know well just so you know we're probably gonna go to my favorite italian restaurant in the world on saturday night in in uh coeur d'alene so okay uh, we might put on a five more so we might have to do I'll, some extra I'll running do, yeah the, i got a couple the, days to do some extra work yeah yeah before and after we'll have, <laughs> yeah. we'll have some hikes get out get out in the sun <laughs> let's talk nba first and foremost did you watch the blazers game last night i watched uh, the half of the, the second half of the fourth quarter and then the overtimes. So basically all the insane Lillard shots. Yes. The, they just straight up had me fallen out of my seat. I couldn't even believe it. And I was thinking to myself and I was actually texting my brother Brooks Nuanez about this. Truly in terms of late in games, you have to have a three pointer. Is Damian Lillard the greatest clutch shooter in the history of the league? Because I would truly argue, yes. I mean, that I've seen. It's hard for me to say that because, like, you know, there's so much basketball that happened before my lifetime. Well, but yeah, but but, but most of the stuff in the three-point era is archived because there was only, what, six years of... The level, yeah. But, like, and this is how the game has evolved. The level of shot-making... It's just it's it's on a different level than it was in the past. Like the 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 ability, the shots that these guys take and the and make and the the difficulty of shot. Like all of those shots that he were hitting were just like insane difficulty. That's what like, I'm saying. Yeah. He has this jab step step back fadeaway three pointer yeah. that no one has, and he hits it at like a fifty percent rate. It was also like really stupid defense by Michael Porter Such Jr. at the end. They're like defense. literally there's five seconds left. If you just let him like. Go down the lane and get a layup, a wide open layup, and run him off the line. Then you win the game. And he like gave him like as Lillard was like going at him, setting him up for the step back. He was like backing up. I'm like, why are you backing up? Just stand there and run him off the line. Oh, I kept thinking. like play. Literally, he would have done better if he just would have got ran around behind him and played from his from behind him. Uh, all I kept thinking as the stretch run progressed. Michael Porter Jr. would hit a big shot. And I, I, I kept telling Austin Tutel, who I was watching the game with, man, he's making himself some money. And then he would go do something stupid on defense, and then I would say, oh, well, that's why yeah. he's, he still has a long ways to go. He is a very interesting prospect. But Damian Lillard, an NBA playoff single-game record, 12 three-pointers last night, 55 points. But all for not is a 147-140 to 140 loss for the uh, Portland Trailblazers against the Denver Nuggets, and now they are the Blazers are down three two. The Nuggets lead the series three to two. The other thought I had was it's a, it's just a crying shame that this series is a first round series because this is a really really fun matchup. It's not for anybody that likes any sort of defense because these two teams are just straight lightning. I mean they they blew the over under. Yeah. They blew the over under out of. I mean they beat the over under by eighty last night, but it's still. I mean. Jokic and Lillard, to to me, are the two best clutch players, the two best fourth quarter players in the league right now. Yeah, no, they're both phenomenal. It's a, it's a shame that 
that one Jamal Murray got hurt for the Nuggets because they could have made you know they're probably not going to go past the second round. Sure, they, they might, but probably not. They could. I think that they were like serious contenders to come out of the West. Well, let's let's talk about this then. They certainly would have been contenders in the West if the Los Angeles Lakers are falling apart like they currently yeah. are. The Lakers are now down three to two after last night's just decimation. This thing hit a point of critical mass in the first half. I mean, they were down 32 points before it was even halftime between the uh, Los Angeles Lakers and the Phoenix Suns. And as we've talked about on this show multiple times, there there reaches this point in NBA playoff games where it is the point of no return. You're down by so many points, it's not worth trying to come back. Just take the loss and get ready for the next game. The problem for now, then the Lakers, though, because they did sort of shut it down, and they ended up losing 115-85, to which has got to be one of the worst losses in Lakers playoff history. But the problem for the Lakers is shutting it down and getting ready for Game 6 means Game 6 is an elimination game. And so now your back is squarely against the wall. Anthony Davis was out last night again. So when is it time to panic if you're the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, now. Now, exactly. I mean, I'm not worried about LeBron in elimination games because if you look up his stats in elimination games, like he's really, really good in those situations. Um, It's just like the rest of this Lakers team, like when Anthony Davis is out, none of these guys like know their role or like how does like how does Dennis Schroeder like not score a point right in 26 minutes? I, I don't understand how, I mean, this guy was, you know, for large stretches of the season was the third best player on this team. And he doesn't score at all. And, and, and every time he had the ball, he like, it didn't look like he even wanted to shoot or try and score. Um, they kept passing it. Like LeBron would like drive it and pass it to somebody and they'd be open. And then they'd like just make an extra pass and skip a wide open shot. They just, you know, it looks cloaky. I, and this is the one thing about LeBron. I do wish that, like, in that kind of a game when he sees that, like, nobody else is going to do anything. Yeah. I want him to just start jacking him, man. Just start jacking well, shots he, he up. He did hit. He yeah, but, shoot 10 threes last night. Yeah, but all of it came when the game was already over. Like, it was clear when when Phoenix went on their, like, 11-0 run that he would have to just completely carry them for them to win that game. And he just... You know, he, he did what he always does, which is fine. You know, he kept making the right play and passing the ball and things like that. But, like, at that point, I'm like, dude, just start shooting them because, like, nobody else was doing anything. Like, so, so, okay, let's talk about this narrative. All I saw on Twitter last night was two things. Your take that you just gave, not saying you're ripping anybody off, but th- but there was a lot of people that were saying, if everybody in the Lakers is doing nothing, I need more from LeBron. The other prevalent take all across the interwebs was that Damian Lillard does it all. Somebody needs to get him some help. Is that just the the gap? Is that just the difference? LeBron James is just so good that he needs to, he always needs to do more, and Lillard gets gets off kind of a free pass. He needs more help. Doesn't LeBron need more help too? Oh, of course. I mean, with Anthony Davis out, it's not sustainable. I mean, they're the team that missed the playoffs last year without Anthony Davis, or missed the playoffs two years ago without Anthony Davis, right? Yeah, but, I mean, LeBron plays with expectations different than any other player that we've ever seen. 100%. And and a lot of people, you know, love just being able to find anything to criticize about him no matter what. But, like, yeah, if you look at the... If you if you broke down the, the Lakers and the Blazers rosters yesterday mm-hmm. without Anthony Davis... Like, the Blazers roster is better than the Lakers roster. Oh, yeah. Like, give me C.J. McCollum 
over and some of those over anybody if else. Schroeder, the if Schroeder's put, if Schroeder's put up zero points, then absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and so I mean, they, but the Blazers just they need to shake up the roster. Like it just doesn't. I don't know if him and CJ work. Like, I think they've let that that run its course. Who would Dame work with? I, I think he needs more of a a wing that's not like a one-on-one ball-dominant guy. Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. Like Bradley Beal? Whew. Like that kind of a guy? He, you think he could play with a guy that's going to lead the league in scoring, though? Yeah. yeah I, I would be interesting. Isn't Bradley Beal like C.J. McCollum, though? I don't think so. I don't he's think a, he's I a think two he, guard that doesn't I mean, play he's defense. Involved, that he's, involved, he's, I mean, he's involved into you know more of a ball handler, but he came up as just a sh- straight shooter. Like He wasn't a ball handler when he first came up. You know, I think he could work with like, he might, he might work with like, the Clippers bow out. Like he might work with like a Paul George if they like want to blow. I it wish up. Paul George would just go home. I'm so tired of I, Paul George. I, I know am you are. So but like, tired of Paul George. I mean, he obviously can't be the dude. You know, so <laughs> that's very obvious. So maybe like he, you pair him with a Lillard, but Lillard could be the dude, and then Paul George could be the supporting role. Even though, I mean, he's kind of the supporting role of Kawhi, and that's not working out either. So, well, you never know. Last piece of news from the Laker game. Chris Paul got hurt. He did finish the game. Why was he in the game? He got hurt in game one, and then it looked to me like he got it it re-hurt. They were up by 30. Why was he in the game? uh, Exactly. Uh, If you follow Dr. David Chow, which I think is one of the best followers on, follows on Twitter. He's an orthopedic surgeon who watches a ton of pro sports, and he gives you sort of his real-time diagnosis with pictures and, and graphics and stuff like that. And I would say he's about, I mean, I've never seen him get one wrong. And his diagnosis for Chris Paul was that he probably tore his labrum in game one and then that sort of slumped over shoulder, that that dislocation, that's what comes from that labrum cuff being um, a little bit weaker. If you want to learn more about this stuff, we do once a month, we do the Sports Medicine Journal with Dr. Michael Wright of Bone and, uh, Missoula Bone and Joint. So you can check all those out at the podcast. And we actually did a labrum episode a couple months ago. So go check that out if you want to know more about it. We're going to get more to the NBA uh, here in a minute because we do have some trivia questions pertaining to the NBA. And we also have a dozen wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. And in about 15 minutes, Craig Mettler, head coach for the Sentinel Boys and Girls track teams, is uh, will join us here on Nuanas now for our ESPN Roundtable as well. Quickly, around the NBA, tonight the 76ers and the Wizards play the uh, Philadelphia is up 3-1. to one. That's game five. It starts here in about 13 minutes, 5 p.m. tonight in Washington. The Hawks lead the Knicks 3-1 to one as well. Game five is tonight in Atlanta at 5.30. The Jazz are up 3-1 to one on the Grizzlies. Game five tonight is also on, and that's at 7.30. And then the Clippers and the Mavericks, a pivotal game five. They're tied 2-2, two to two, and that game tips at 8 p.m. tonight. Around the rest of the NBA playoffs, the Bucks completed the sweep of the Miami Heat, so they are on to the Eastern Conference semifinals. The Nets also posted 123 to 109 win over the Celtics to close out the series. And so we're going to get maybe to what the Celtics do next and maybe analyze a little bit more of that stuff in hour number two. But right now, <coughs> excuse me, a little sneeze there. We got to get out because we have trivia for you. So keep this in mind, 888-1029. You're going to need that to submit evidence of listening to this show. If you want to go to the Coeur d'Alene Resort for a stay and play, you're also going to need it if you want to win some wings from the Desperado. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. 
There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Everybody, welcome back in. It's Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana television. Although we're not on SWX today, so if you want to see our pretty shining faces, we've been getting a lot of sun lately, so we don't look uh, so pale and terrible like all of us do in the state of Montana after the winter gets over. It's been fun being outside at track and field meets and and uh, tennis and softball and all the good stuff and playing a little golf as well. So if you want to check us out. You can go to the YouTube channel. Tommy's got that thing rolling. Uh, he's got all the graphics on there, the ticker, all that. So um, we're always treating you right around here. We always have so much free stuff for all of you guys, and uh, we love giving it to you, and I hope you appreciate it. The number you're going to need right now for this segment, 888-1029. That's our new phone number. Easy to remember, 888-1029, 406-888-1029. We're going to do a little Wing It Wednesday where I'm going to ask Sean some trivia questions. If you are watching on the YouTube, you see we have a new guest, Craig Mettler, the head coach for the Missoula Sentinel track and field team, is in studio. We're going to get to his portion of this show here in about 10 minutes. He'll be our subject of our ESPN roundtable presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula, and we'll recap his uh, team's outstanding performance. We, we will tell you, though, Craig, congratulations, man. That's pretty sweet to sweep the team tiles. It's been a long time coming for Missoula High School. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was a pretty special weekend. The the kids really showed up, so um, I, I guess we'll get we'll get plenty of time to talk about them. Not bad doing it on your home track either. So we will get into all those outstanding performances, and it's going to be it's going to be a lot of sentinel a lot of, of the next month here because we are doing our senior spotlight series again, highlighting some of the best senior athletes from across the state of Montana. But Sentinel won so many state championships this year in all sports and every season that a lot of the Sentinel athletes will be featured, including Audrey McElmurray. Tomorrow she will join us about 5 p.m. for our uh, our Senior Spotlight edition for this week, so we look forward to that. But right now, time for a little trivia. Because it's a Wednesday, that means it's a Wing It Wednesday. We have a dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for you. We're going to go caller number four, Tommy. Caller number four, 888-1029. That's 888-1029. Give us a call right now. Caller number four. We got a dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. And, Tommy, all four of these people, though, that call, if we do get four callers, enter them all. Take their information down for the Coeur d'Alene Stay and Play as well. So we are giving you a weekend at the Coeur d'Alene Resort. Two 18-hole rounds of golf as well as a free night at the Coeur d'Alene Resort Hotel. So, um... 
We're looking forward to it. We're going over there this weekend to play our version of the Stay and Play, and then we'll give give you the full scouting report. But make sure to enter. We're going to be giving away our Father's Day giveaway next Friday. So that's two 18-hole rounds of golf at the Coeur d'Alene Resort, as well as a night at the Five Star Hotel, one of the best in the entire Northwest region. All right, Rain Man, I got trivia for you. Mettler can be your lifeline if he can give you any sort of help. I don't know if he can. Hopefully. Mostly I just write these questions to... Uh, Try to teach you something, you know. Sean doesn't really know that things happened before the year he was born, so we got to teach him about the history of the stuff. Most the terrible t- dates. Yeah, sport, <laughs> sports of the last 30 years. That's only the, the only thing that's ever occurred in, in Sean's life. He doesn't know anything <laughs> be, before that. So, um, number one, Monty Williams of the Phoenix Suns was named the NBA Coach of the Year earlier this week. Name one of the three coaches who has earned the award three times. There's been three coaches in NBA history that have been three-time NBA Coach of the Year. Can you name one? Popovich. Greg Popovich is one. Very well done. You want to take a stab at the other two? Uh, Who was the old Red Auerbach? Red Auerbach did not. Uh, Red Auerbach was only the Coach of the Year one time. I think that... Arbach was probably held back by the fact that his teams never really overachieved because they were just the best team in the league all, every single year. Uh, Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson is not either. Phil really? Jackson. I, Phil See, Jackson. He gets the whole like he had a really good team. Exactly. So he so, doesn't get the credit thing. Similar as Red Arbach, right? Yeah. Phil Jackson only the coach of the year one time in the really? NBA. Really? Yeah. Hmm. These other two are gettable. I think you would know both. Uh, modern or no? Uh, yes, I, they're both relatively modern. Both of them co- started coaching. In the early 80s, but coached all the way through into the 2000s. Jerry Sloan. Not Jerry Sloan. Jerry Sloan, two-time hmm. NBA coach of the year. Do you have any ideas? Lambeer? Bill Lambeer, no. I don't I don't know. Pop's my guy. I'm a Spurs guy. So I know Pop you are. was easy. Yeah, was yeah, like, yeah, it's easy. Was, uh, the other two are, are Don Nelson. Uh, yeah, Mavs. Uh, and um, Don Nelson did it with both the Mavs and the Golden State Warriors. And then the second one is Pat Riley. And Pat Riley is the only guy to win NBA Coach of the Year with three different franchises, the Los Angeles Lakers, Miami Heat, and New York Knicks. So Pat Riley, it's interesting that Riley probably would have had the same trouble as like a Red Arbach because he was with this dominant team in the Lakers, but then he sort of remade himself with two different other franchises and uh, was maybe a little bit more of an underdog. So, um, okay, not bad, pretty good. You're already cruising a little Steve bit. Steve Van Gundy was my next pick. No, okay, so now the next question, <laughs> the, the, keep guessing these though because the next question is very applicable to this. There's also been five coaches that have won the award twice, so can you name any of those guys? One of them, here's a hint for you, one of them has been become a Hall of Fame broadcaster and one of the, the best co- uh, color commentary guys in the NBA over the last 15 years. Jeff Van Gundy. Yeah. Jeff Van Gundy is not it. Jeff Van Gundy, only one time NBA Coach of the Year. Think of the old guy who's the color commentator. Really oh, old. Uh, uh, Brown. Hubie Brown. Hubie Brown. You got it. Other uh, two-time NBA Coaches of the Year included Mike D'Antoni, Coach Bud, Mike Budenholzer, Cotton Fitzsimmons, who was the coach of the uh, Phoenix Suns back in the 80s, and Bill Fitch. who See, this is so silly. How do these coaches get it more than like a Jerry Sloan, a Phil Jackson, like that kind of stuff? Well, because the coach is so silly. What do you think? I mean, what do you think of that perspective, Craig? Because you're a coach. Yeah. The fact that often. It's it's all about the storyline. It's like. It is about the storyline. If you take a bad team and make them way better than they were expected to be, then you get votes. Right. But that's my biggest question is. As a coach, oftentimes coaching the best team is actually the hardest. That's why Phil Jackson is the greatest coach in basketball history because 
You could say he had Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. That's why he's the greatest coach ever, because he got those guys to not kill each other and right. win six titles, right? And manage those guys, those those big talents. Man, that's tough to do, is managing those big talents. Especially over time, too, you know, because like, like you saw in the, like, the documentary, like, you know, Pippen wants to get paid. Like, there's all these things that, like, pop up, and you have to, like, kind of navigate the egos. 100%. You know? And that's... that's <laughs> Especially at the NBA level, like, like, that's pretty challenging. 100%. I mean, Shaq and Kobe are perhaps the two biggest egos in the history of the NBA, and he got those guys to win three titles before they killed each other. So, a testament to him. Okay. I also think about this, about NBA awards. I think all NBA awards should include the postseason. Fully agree. Because the postseason is like a whole other season in and of itself. Either that or they should announce the awards before the postseason starts because the fact that they don't do it till after – like the NBA, the the MVP of the NBA has gotten knocked out too early, quote unquote, too early in the playoffs, multiple years in a row. And so then, when Russell Westbrook's standing up there after a first round playoff loss, and everybody on ESPN Radio, like us, have been sitting here ripping him for six weeks, it makes the luster of the award go away, right? Like when James Harden has a historic MVP season and then goes one of a million in the conference finals and they're out, it sort of makes the award and the kind of the hype around the award lose yeah, its but luster. See, that's right? why, yeah, that's why I think the postseason should be included. Because, I mean, that's when it really matters. So, like, if you if you're like Giannis and you just put together this awesome year and then you get bounced early and and don't live up to any expectations, like, okay, cool, you were the MVP of the regular season, but mm-hmm. you lost in the second round. Like, I don't know. I think I think NBA should should be included in the postseason. Sure. Okay. One more it's an NFL question. You're gonna have to dig deep, but I believe in you guys. Who is the only NFL coach to win four coaches of the year? I'll give you three hints. All right, one, his last coach of the year came in 1972. You might say, okay, how am I ever going to know this? But two, he's the all-time leader in the history of the NFL in wins, and he's the last coach of a team that went undefeated. So that 1972 team was the 1972 Miami Dolphins who went undefeated. Who is that coach? Was it Shula? Yeah. Don, Don Shula. Yeah. Very good. See, I knew you guys would get it. It's not that just hard. just need a couple hints. Hey, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just if you just don't get it. have got it. was the Dolphins. Yeah. Thing when you said 70s, yeah. I was like Madden or yeah. Shula yeah. is who we're dealing with. It's here. easy to forget that the Dolphins were once one of the proudest franchises in the league. It's amazing what happens when, when Don Shula retires and Dan Marino retires. It's been all. It's, that's all she wrote for the Dolphins for the last twenty five years. Maybe they can get it back on track. I do think Brian Flores is outstanding. Hour one of the books. Hour two coming at you. Craig Mettler, the head coach for the Missoula Sentinel track teams, here for the ESPN Roundtable to give us the lowdown on all his phenomenal athletes and how they were able to become the first class AA school to sweep the boys and girls state track and field championships since two thousand sixteen when Billings West did it. That'll be our ESPN Roundtable. So keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, one hundred two nine ESPN Missoula. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.